0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Kallstrup and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Hallelujah. Let's, uh, let's open our Bibles tonight to the book of Ephesians. That's kind of where we've been landing, and that's what we've been discussing. And, and uh, we want to continue along that line this evening. Glory to God. Amen, 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 amen. We had such a special time last Wednesday night. I was kind of let, uh, well, I went a different direction. And that's okay. Amen. And uh, so tonight we're going to try to uh, pick up or uh, well, we're going to try to preach a message I was going to preach to you last Wednesday night. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> at least make an attempt at it. Would that be all right with you? Ephesians chapter one, if you can find that opening in your Bibles there someplace. Hallelujah. We've been talking about the subject of the believer's authority, spiritual authority. And um, it's such a... Uh, well, it's such a vital message and such an important one for each and every one of us as believers uh, to both know and understand, but, but also to use, to exercise. You know, I mean, um, if you don't know it, well, then you're at a loss. But if you do know it, but you don't use it, uh, then it still doesn't do you any good. And so we've been uh, discussing that from a... A number of different avenues, and we're going to take up again uh, this evening along those same lines. So, why don't you just pray with me, and let's get our hearts uh, positioned to receive from heaven. Praise God, and we'll uh, we'll get after it. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for this time that we have together in the Word. I thank you, Lord God, for the Spirit of God in each and every one of us, not only Father, to illuminate, but to enlighten our hearts and minds, and to help us, Father, in our understanding. Thank you, Father, for utterance in the Holy Ghost. Thank you for divinely leading us, Father, in this service this evening as we communicate these truths to your people. And, Father, I just thank you for your blessing in every home, every family, every individual's life that makes this church their home. We thank you for your blessing, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Praise God. Notice with me, if you would, in Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul here is writing... And uh, in verse 1, or verse 3, I should say, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Hallelujah. Not going to, he has. And that's the, the thing that we want to try to convey or get across to you, is the reality that God has already done something for you. Now, of course, we do have an adversary, the devil. He goes about, you know, killing, stealing, destroying, lying, and uh, anything else that he can come up with to try to thwart the will of God in your life, to deceive the believer, to keep them from what is rightfully theirs. That's the reason why we're talking about all of this. But again, this scripture in verse 3 says that he has, not going to, he has blessed us with every or all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So let's all say it together, I'm blessed. Yeah, you're blessed, praise God, whether you realize it or not, he's blessed you. Now, in Paul, in, in his writing here, he, he makes mention of a, a number of different things. And, of course, when we get down to about verse 15, he said, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my Prayer. So now the Apostle Paul is, we're going to get a little bit of a glimpse into his prayer life. And not only that, but the things that he was praying for with regard to these new believers. How many of you know God wants you to know the truth? Jesus said, you'll know the truth. The truth will make you free. Amen. So he's praying. Notice here in verse uh, uh, 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. You know, a lot of people, they got a head full of stuff, but uh, it, it makes it hard sometimes for them to put two things together. You know what I'm saying? In other words, the wisdom aspect of it is absent. So Paul is praying here, and he's asking the Lord to grant to us a spirit of wisdom and Revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge is knowledge like that that happened when Peter, you know, when Jesus asked a question, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And he said, well, people are saying all kinds of things, you know. Herod's going around thinking that, you know, John the Baptist got resurrected from the dead, all these different kinds of things. And then he asked a very pointed and very direct question to all of these disciples. And he asked a simple question, who do you say I am? Well, Peter spoke up because he always talks first. And he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood didn't tell you that, but my Father which is in heaven. That's revelation knowledge. So in other words, the Spirit of God revealed this truth to this man and all the rest of them that were around him at the time. And so... Uh, Paul's writing, asking, or praying, asking that wisdom and revelation be granted in the knowledge of him. Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding having been enlightened. Hallelujah. You know, uh, Jesus said, blessed are your eyes for they see. Now, if you're a believer, your eyes are blessed. Your eyes have been enlightened. I don't know about you, but when I got saved, man, the light bulb came on. And I'm not talking about a natural light. I'm talking about the eyes of my understanding, my heart. There was so much I didn't know, but I tell you what, praise God, I was free from the tyranny of sin. I knew that. I'd been forgiven and washed in the blood. Hallelujah. And so then my journey began to start learning the truth of God's Word in the Bible. How many of you, I don't know if it's like this for you, but I mean, you know, before I got saved, I'd read the Bible. and It was like boring. You want a good way to go to sleep? Not only that, it didn't make any sense. But then when I got saved, boom, all of a sudden, the truths of God's word just came alive. How many of you can attest to that? Hallelujah. Amen. So the eyes of our understanding have been enlightened. Your eyes are enlightened to know what is the hope of his calling. And then it goes on to say, not only that, but also <clears throat> what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So there's this inheritance that is ours, that's coming. And, and the reality is, is that you and I, we, there's no way we can even, even begin to fathom what it is that's coming our way. The Bible says that the gift of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit's indwelling presence within our life is the earnest of our inheritance. In other words, it's the down payment. So if the Holy Ghost represents 10%, I can't begin to imagine what the other 90 is going to be like. But it's on our way, it's on its way, you know, for those that remain faithful in Christ Jesus. So it goes on then, of course, that we would know this inheritance that's ours in the saints. And notice particularly verse 19, this is what we're trying to get down to. And number three then says, And I'm praying that you would know what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward or to usward who believe. How many believers do we have here? So he wants us to know the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. Hallelujah. Everybody say it together. I have his power. See, if you're a believer, you have his power. You're not going to get it. You got it. You know, so much of this, you know, we're trying to get. Well, the reality is it's already ours. We just don't know it. And then he went on to explain, you know, um, what power he was talking about, which was wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's power. Amen. We just got done singing about it. And, he, and, and so he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in the one that is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Hallelujah. Which is his body um, <clears throat> that uh, the fullness of him that fills all in all. So uh, the reason we are looking at this verse of Scripture is for us to recognize that Paul's prayer was so that you and I would know the exceeding greatness of his power to word who believe. So because when you know that you have his power, everything changes. You know, if, if you're in a position of weakness or you're a position of defeat, then there's no confidence, there's no peace, there's no joy, there's no nothing. But when you know that you have his power, then when those things come to assault our lives, we can say, no, that ain't me, because praise God, I'm his child. Didn't we just sing about that, you know, in my father's house, you know, I'm a child of God. John said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear. Now are we the sons of God. Not going to be. Thank God you're his child. And if you're his child, then praise God, he has taken a father's place to equip you, to give you that which you have need of, so that when the things of life, the storms of life, the problems of life, the challenges of life, You know, the the anxieties and the worry and the cares of life come our way. Thank God we can stand in the name of Jesus. Now, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I just wish it would all go away. The only way that's going to happen, dude, is if you die. Okay? That's just the way it works, you know. (laughs) While we're here, and here's the thing you need to understand. You know, you were put in this earth for a purpose And that is to glorify your Father. Hallelujah. That the grace that is upon your life would give him glory. So that when these things come your way, you can say, thank you, Father. It's another opportunity for me to glorify you, praise God, and come out on top. Are you listening to me? There is no defeat in Jesus. Are you listening to me? And thank God we're his children. And he's made it possible for you and I, of course, praise God, to live within the kingdom, hallelujah, as citizens of his place right now, glory to God. And not only that, but to exercise the dominion and the authority that has been granted to us in Christ Jesus. Not only for our use, but really for the use of others. There's a real... uh, uh, we ha- we don't really think about it this way like we should, I think, sometimes. But I'm telling you what, there is a, an incredibly powerful vein of truth that authority has been given to you in order for you to serve the world in which you live. Not in an arrogant kind of way, but I'm telling you, when people are in need, praise God, you can step up into that situation in the name of Jesus, as a representative it is, and you can do something about whatever's going on if they're willing to believe God with you. Are you listening to me? And so we should always, glory to God, be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within us. And at the same time, be able to help people that don't know. I am so glad somebody told me that I needed to get saved. I'm so glad that somebody told me that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. I am so glad that somebody said, praise God, God has a plan for your life. If you will surrender your heart to him and let him be Lord, he'll change your life forever. Aren't you glad somebody told you that? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so it's important for us to understand this. But when it comes to authority, most Christians in evangelicalism, a lot of times, they don't put a lot of emphasis on it. And not only that, they're not even aware that they have authority. You know, they've kind of chalked the whole thing up with, you. well, you know... Sometimes it's kind of like, well, you never know what God's going to do, and after all, God is sovereign, and so, you know, what will be will be, and, you know, this kind of business. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on in people's lives that does not need to be, but the only way that that can happen is is if the truth gets imparted to them. Hallelujah. So that they can enjoy the revelation of God's word and what it is that he did through the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, that's the reason why we're here. But just let me tell you this. You're a kingdom agent, baby. You've been called. We are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. On this earth doing kingdom business, to advance the kingdom, to work the works until he comes, all of the things that he described within the scriptures of the New Testament. So God wants the church to gain a revelation, know the reality, or understand what's taken place through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there's a little bit of a glimpse in it in the text that we read when he talks about what happened to Christ when he was seated at his right hand. So... um. Without going into a lot of the other details that we've already talked about, the simple truth is is that God has given the believer all the authority necessary to wage a successful warfare against the forces of darkness. Now, a lot of people, there are preachers that stand up in pulpits and say there is no literal devil. Well, you know what? What you need to do, you need to find a different place to be. I can tell you that right now. Because... I mean, it's all over in the Bible. The Apostle Paul said we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. And he talks about, you know, how we can stand against the wiles of the devil. And the Bible says to be sober and vigilant because you're adversary of the devil. I mean, you know, it's all over in the Scripture, and they're telling us, you know, oh, no, that's not really true, that doesn't really. You know, if, I, if I'm a particular entity, and I'm doing everything I can to tear the, 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 the lives of people up, and you say I don't exist, what an advantage I have. Are you with me? Such a lie. You know, and of course, you know, whenever you start talking about the adversary of our soul, then people, they get all knotted up. Well, thank God Jesus went to the cross, and he spoiled principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this world, and he overthrew them. Glory to God. And so we have authority over him. There's nothing that you and I need to be afraid of in any way, shape, or form. He doesn't have power over us. We have power over him. Are you with me? There is no fear in love. Glory to God. And so we need to be aware of this. The Apostle Paul, in the sixth chapter of this same letter, said, For we wrestle not. Well, if we back up a little bit, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. God wants you to be strong. God doesn't want weak Christians. He wants you to be a strong Christian. Know what you believe. Have some convictions about the realities that you have regarding the Word of God. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to back down. You don't have to be quiet. Thank God you have the right and the authority to speak in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? So he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. One final word I want, you, I want you to understand, Paul is writing and says, be strong in the Lord, not in yourself, but in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand against the what? Wiles of the devil, the schemes of the devil. In other words, you've got to have the armor on man in order to wage a successful warfare. And the first thing he says, have your loins girt about with, huh? Truth, 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 truth. We need the truth. So that when things come our way and the devil starts lying to us, you're no good. You're never going to make it. You know, I don't know what you think that God loves you. He can't possibly and gives you this guilt trip and this condemnation noise and all of these different kinds of things. If you don't know the truth, dude, he'll just beat you till you're a pulp. But uh, but thank God we don't have to do that because we can say, Hey, devil, have you read in the Scriptures that there is therefore now no condemnation or condemning sentence to those that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit? For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the laws of sin and death. So there. Huh. And it will always get real quiet. You know, people... <laughs> Uh, there was a commentator here the other night. He was talking about the fact that England should give reparation back, you know, to the black people. Easy now. Uh, we're just using this as an example. Don't get carried away. And uh, so the gal that he was talking to was from the Commonwealth. And uh, she said, you know, you're absolutely right. And dude, she went down through a tutorial historically of who it is that really caused all of this and that and the other. And I mean, when she got done, the guy had absolutely nothing to say. He was just dumbfounded. He said, oh, that's very interesting. Let's go on to another subject. And because he, you know, well, anyway, that's beside the point. And that's what you can do to the devil, praise God, when you know the word. Huh? Hallelujah. That's, that's so important for us to know what the scriptures say so that thank God we don't have to you know the bible says that god paul was writing to timothy and he had some real you know he had some real challenges going on but he said he said god has not given us the spirit of fear so we don't have to be afraid i said we don't have to be afraid i said we don't have to be afraid I mean, when all hell's breaking loose and it looks like nothing's working, thank God, we can be strong in the Lord and the power of His might and say, Father, I'm so glad I'm in this with you. Thank God you take care of your own and you'll take care of me. I don't know how this is all going to work out, but I am really looking forward to watching you show yourself strong in my behalf because thank God I'm your child. Hallelujah. You know, these are the kinds of things that we need to get our minds renewed to so that we look at life from a different perspective than the one that we perhaps are looking at right now. Thank God He came so that you and I could win. He came to put us over in life so that we could win. And glory to God, give honor and glory and victory to Him. Hallelujah. But, you know, the mistakes so many times that people make is they don't realize the authority that's been given to them through the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of times you'll hear people, well, if I can just get so-and-so to pray for me, I know I'll be all right. Well, thank God you could pray if you're a child of God. See, we don't even have confidence in our own prayer. Well, you know, they seem to have it going on. Maybe if I can get them to pray, you know, they'll get, a, they'll get the job done or whatever. Well, thank God you could pray. I said you could pray. You have the name of Jesus. But again, you know, so many times we feel like, you know, that, you know, we're, we're inadequate. And that's nothing more than the devil lying to us. Can you say amen? Amen. Stories told many years ago about, uh, well, he's our spiritual father. We used to call him Dad Hagen. He was the founder of the Bible school that I attended. And um, he, uh, he was a prophet Um, And so he had visions and things of this nature, which I won't get into this evening. But one time the Lord, they were... Uh, he tells a story that he was at a church, and he was ministering after the service. They went to the pastor's house, and they were just having a sandwich together, you know, in the kitchen. And the daughter, you know, of this pastor, she came in and said, Daddy, I need to go to bed. And he said, well, i tell you what, let's just, let's just pray right here. We'll get down on our knees and pray. And, and so Brother Higgins just joined him. He got in with him, you know, this dad and the daughter, and, and kneeled there at the kitchen table to pray. And all of a sudden, he was taken up, and all of a sudden, Jesus was standing in front of him. And so he talked to him for about an hour and a half about some different things and this and that and the other. And in the course of this conversation that he was having with him, you know, and and uh, uh, with some different things, all of a sudden this demon, you know, came and stood between Brother Hagin and Jesus. And there was this dark cloud that you know, enveloped Jesus so that he couldn't see him. He could, he, could, he could hear, but he couldn't hear exactly what he was saying because this demon was, you know, making all this noise and interrupting. And, you know, and, and so Brother Hagin in this vision was wondering how come Jesus didn't do something about it. He said, can't, doesn't he know I can't hear him? Doesn't he know that, you know, this, this thing is interrupting, you know, and this and that and the other? And, and, and all of a sudden, he's, he's feeling almost desperate, you know, because, all of, because Jesus is still talking, but he can't make anything out of what he's saying. He said, I need to hear what this, you know, what Jesus is saying. And, and he's, you know, thinking that Jesus ought to do something about it, and nothing's happening. So finally, out of desperation, he said, in the name of Jesus, stop it. Then all of a sudden, this demon hit the floor, and he's laying there, you know, um, withering around like a puffy dog, you know. And he said, not only that, but get out of here. He says, I know, I don't, you know, I don't want to, but I know I have to, you know. And he said, get out of here. And so he went. And the cloud disappeared, and there was Jesus. And Jesus made this statement to him. Now, you can take it for whatever it's worth. I mean, if you want to, you know, uh, if you want to take it with a grain of salt, Fine, I got no problem with what it is that was said. But Jesus made this statement. He said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't. And, you know, obviously, whenever you have a, a, a divinely granted um, experience like this, it's a, it's a moment of something being taught or communicated so that you will understand. Well, Brother Hagin said... He said, now, wait a minute, Lord, I, I must have misunderstood what it is that you said. You, you didn't say that that if I hadn't done something, you couldn't. You, you said you wouldn't. And he said, no, that's not what I said at all. If I said, if you hadn't done something, I couldn't. And they went back and forth, you know, a couple different times. And then, uh, you know, in in this moment, and Brother Hagin, he said that, you know, he He's always been a real stickler for the Word. And he says, Jesus, I know that I'm seeing you. I know, you know, that uh, this vision is real and this and that and the other. But unless you can prove that to me from the Scriptures, I'm not going to accept it. I don't care if it is a vision, whatever, whatever. And, and you know, the Bible says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. So unless you can give me three witnesses in the New Testament about what you just got in saying, I am not going to believe it. And Jesus, or I mean, Brother Hagan said that, that Jesus smiled so sweetly and said to him, he says, I'll do you one better, I'll give you four. He says, well, he says, I've never seen anything like that in the Bible. I've read the Bible through 150 times, and, you know, many portions of it more than that. And, uh, I've ne- I, you know, I, I, I've never seen that in the Bible. And Jesus just said, well, son, there's a lot of things in there you've never seen, you know. So then... He begins to give him these scriptures that I'm going to give to you to help us all understand that we are the ones that have been given authority in this earthbound existence. And if you don't use it, then it's not going to benefit you. Okay, let's turn to Matthew chapter 28 and let's look at these scriptures together. Matthew chapter 28. This is after the resurrection of Jesus. Notice what it says here. Um, In verse 18, for the sake of time, Jesus came and he spake to them. Now this is after again he appeared to them and then uh, after his resurrection and he makes this statement. All power, or really a better translation is all authority is given unto me In heaven and in earth. So if you just read that one verse, you would say, well, it's obvious that all authority, all power has been given to Jesus. But notice the next verse. He said, Go therefore into all nations and make disciples, um, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to say, What's the next verse? teaching them to observe whatever it is I've commanded you, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. So the point is, is that he came and appeared to them, and he said, all authority's been given to me, but I am now about to delegate that authority to you, and I want you to go in my name to all nations And teach, preach, and so on and so forth. Now, as a companion to this verse of Scripture, it's uh, uh, um, (laughs) Glory to God. Um, Mark chapter uh, 16, verse 15. You can just write it down as a a matter of reference. Now, let's go look at it. Why don't you just go with me to Mark chapter 16? Let's look at this. Mark chapter um, 16. And notice what it says here in this verse, verse 15. He said unto them, now this is Mark's uh, narrative of the same experience. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall accompany or follow those that believe. In my name, what's the first thing? Yeah, they, they will cast out devils or exercise authority over the devil. Then it goes on to say they'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They'll lay hands on. They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, there's one point that I had uh, failed to mention to you in, in this vision that he had had. Jesus made this statement to him. He said, there's no place in the New Testament where any of the writers told the believers to pray to the Father about the devil. Like, God, you need to do something. The devil's just whooping me up. And God is saying, you need to do something. Come on. You know, in other words, you know, to, or, or to pray against the devil, or, you know, depending on the terminology that people use. People that pray that God would do something about the devil or that they would rebuke the devil for them are just wasting their time. Why? Because the authority's been given to you. You know, there are times in our lives, you know, and I'm talking about ours, I'm talking about Joan and I, you know, we'll get attacked by the devil because he doesn't like what we do, you know. And so he'll, you know, come against us in different ways, you know, in our thought life. That's the way that he comes against people. The battleground is your mind. Are you listening to me? And so when he comes, praise God, you got to recognize this is from hell. And, you know, until you do something about it, it's not going to stop. And so you just have to stop and say, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You know, because there's things that he, they're, they're just lies constantly. And that's why, praise God, we need to take our place and, and do these things uh, as we should. Unless the believer does something about the devil, then nothing's going to be done. Are you with me? So thank God you have his power. Aren't you glad for that? And I'm talking about that, you know, in in every realm of life. I mean, in your finances, you know, when it comes to your health, when it comes in your family relationships and different things like that. You know, the devil is the one who tries to drive a wedge into people's lives. Divide and conquer. That's his deal. That's his mode of operanda. And so when you see those things happening, you... Because you're a believer and child of God, you can come against that in Jesus' name. And you can put a stop to it. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? Glory to God. Because thank God we have his power. But we have to use it. We have to exercise it. You say, well, I got this family member, man, and they're just a pain in my neck. Well, you know what? Maybe we need to pray for them. Because the reason that they're probably a pain in your neck is because they're listening to the wrong voice. And so they air all their stuff, and they got all this stuff, and whatever, this and that and the other. I'm telling you what, praise God, there's a place in God that you and I can go in the name of Jesus and intercede where people are concerned, and God can move supernaturally if he has to. are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's just so many things that we could talk about along these lines. But, I mean, even in your peace and joy, you guys. You know, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace do I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. He said, don't ever let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Well, you know, anxiety, worry, and care, dude, those are just weapons and devices that hell uses to try to, you know, mess people's lives up. Are you listening to me? Yeah, but, you know, you can't just deny what's going on, man. We got problems going on here or whatever. Well, I'm not trying to deny what it is that's happening. I'm I'm talking to you about denying it's right to stay in your life, especially when it comes to anxiety, worry, and care. Because it's from hell. You know, there's all kinds of people. I mean, go, go to, a, uh, uh, go to a, a pharmacy and walk down the aisles. And they got, I mean, aisles and aisles and aisles of anti-this and depressants and all kinds of gobbledygook that you can take, you know, to try to calm your, your stomach down or whatever the case might be, dude. The whole world is stirred. But thank God you and I can live in peace. You say, well, I just don't think that's possible. I do. I said, I do. I said, I do. Thank God we can live in peace and joy, you know, in the Holy Ghost. And that's where God wants us to live. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And so there's more that we could talk about in that um, Thing. But we've been given the, all the authority that heaven represents, but we have to exercise it. So we read the scripture about all authority has been given to me, both heaven and earth. Now you go. And then when Mark was writing about it, he said, go into all the world. These signs will follow them that believe. Jesus has, you know, when he, when he seen these disciples before his ascension, he delegated his authority to them to go in his name. And he's done the same thing for you and I, but here's the question: who's going to exercise that authority you know when you're in bed at night at one o'clock in the morning and your stomach's churning and you're worried about this and that and the other who who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna do anything about that Probably not me because I'm sleeping hallelujah but thank God you can you know you just you know if you got i mean <laughs> You know, you just say, devil, if if you're going to disturb my my sleep and my peace, then I'm going to get up to you and I'm going to get up and read the Bible to you and let you know what the Word of God has to say. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. It won't be long and you won't hear from him anymore. Are you listening to me? Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen? So you're the one that has to exercise the authority. You do it. Don't put up with it. You know, when you, when you finally... You know, sometimes stuff will go on in our lives for days. And all of a sudden, we go, what am I doing? Have any of you ever done that before? Sure. It's like, what? 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 You know, it's just like, why am I doing it? Why am I putting up with this? And finally, we take our place, praise God, and put him where he belongs. So we're the ones that has to do it. Turn to James chapter 4. <clears throat> James chapter 4. So Jesus told us that all authority was given to him. He then delegated his authority to us as believers and the church. Now, let's see what James has to say. Notice here in James chapter 4 and verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Now, notice this. Resist the what? Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, let me ask you a question. Who does the resisting? Who does? God's not doing it for us. We're the ones that are doing the resisting, right? Okay, now I got another question. How do we resist the devil? I mean, how does that work? You know, well, I rebuke you, devil. Well, good. But but what else is there in that? How do we resist him? It's a good question, isn't it? Well, ask yourself the question, how did Jesus resist the devil? Was he not tempted in the wilderness by the devil? Do we not have the record of what it is that Jesus said every time? He said, it is what? It is what? It is written. It is written. It is written. So if you're going to resist the devil, you have to resist him with the word. That's why we need to know what the word says. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when he tells you you're not going to make it, you just say, have you ever read that scripture that says I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me? Huh? Did you ever read the scripture greater is he that's in me than you that's in the world? You know, these are the scriptures that we need to know so that when we need them, praise God, we can call on them and be able to use them in this battle, this warfare that we find ourselves to be in. Again, you can't get out of it unless you go to heaven. Huh? So, you know, unless they're taking up a busload, you're still here. Are you listening to me? So the, w- the same way that Jesus resisted the devil is the way that you and I resist the devil. We do it with truth. When it looks like everything's going all wrong and sideways, you can say, Father, I am so glad for the promises that you've made. And I, 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 have, no way how, I, I have no way of knowing how it is you're going to work this out. But praise God, I know the greater one is in me. And praise God, you'll make a way where there's... I trust you. I look to you. I thank you. I praise you. Glory to God. Amen. Because of the one, praise God, that lives within us. So he said here, resist the devil, and he will what? He'll flee. And the way that you do it is through the declaration of the word. So again, every writer told us to do something about the devil. People say, well, you know, I tried that and it didn't work. Now, you know, if you really want to, I guess we'll pray for liars when we're done here. Are you listening to me? Huh? Because the reality is, you know, you don't, when it comes to the Bible, you guys, you don't try it. You do it. Are you with me? Well, you know, I'll give that a try. That's not the way it works. Faith doesn't try anything. Faith believes what it is that the Bible says and walks in the light of it. And I'll tell you this much about it. You know, we don't have a handle on everything. We don't know everything. But I'll tell you this much about it. If I don't know, at least I can get myself into a position and say, God, I'm doing what it is I know to do. If there's something here I'm missing, let me know. Yeah. And thank God for the Holy Ghost because he'll tell you. Mm-hmm. He'll give you the deficiency that you have and, and fill that up so that, praise God, you can do the wise thing, the right thing. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and, and not only that, but a lot of times, you know, we're talking about, I don't know why I get off on this again, but, you know, when you got relatives and stuff like that, uh, you know, see things differently than you do, let's put it that way. Huh? Any of you have one of them? Maybe you got two or three, I don't know. But anyway, you know, it happens. But, but it's, you know, there's times in our lives when, you know, we don't want to do what the Holy Ghost tells us to do. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is going to tell you to love them right where they are. And that doesn't mean you condone what they're doing or anything like that. We don't have time to talk about love, but you know what I'm saying? A lot of times we'll say, well, I don't want to love them. <laughs> okay. Am I the only honest person here tonight? No, you know, but, but the reality is, is that, you know, to forbear, one, uh, you know uh, to forbear or to put up with, if you want to call it that, you know, sometimes that's what we're called to do. It's not, it's not comfortable, you know, in 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 our lives. But thank God, it's the right way. It's the best way. It's the. G- Think about what Jesus put up with. He put up with all of us for crying out loud, and yet he was willing to give his life as a ransom for every one of us. So again, you know, praise God, the word works. If there's some reason, you know, people say, well, it didn't work. If there's some reason it didn't work, it's. It, it's because you didn't work it. It didn't have anything to do with Jesus. Thank you for your enthusiasm on that last point. But, but it's not God's fault. Well, you know, that must not be true. Well, it is true. Hallelujah. We just didn't quite get everything together because the Bible is true. You resist the devil. Hallelujah. Notice that he didn't say, you know, in, in, in this verse of Scripture, you know, pray to God that he would resist the devil for you. He said, no, you do it. And you do it through the Word of God and you'll be blessed. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You know, people say, "Well, I just don't feel like I got the authority." It Had nothing to do with the way you feel. If you if you depend on your feelings, you're just you're in a bad way, huh? This isn't about the way you feel, it's about what Jesus said. It's about having faith in what God said. Hallelujah. Amen. Feeling has nothing to do with it. It's just like a You know, we have several law enforcement people here within the church and different things like that. Well, they've been duly um um endowed or appointed or whatever, you know, deputized if you want to call it that, and they they share the same authority like in in the sheriff's department, you got the sheriff sheriff and then you got all of these deputies. Well, they all been what? Deputized. Why? So they have the same authority that his position or his place represents and they go essentially in his name as a deputy to exercise, you know, the law or whatever it is. Now, you know, if uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure they get into situations where they don't feel like they got that much authority, but they do. You know, well, I don't, I don't feel much like I, you know, got much authority. No, they don't do that, praise God. They just, they step up into the situation and say, I'm the one here that's in charge, basically. Huh? Whether they feel like it or not. They eat too much pizza, sit in some place, you know, and now they don't feel like it. No, that's not the way this works. There's authority that's been given to them, and we need to understand that. Hallelujah. So, you have to learn who you are in Him and what it is, your rights that you have in Christ Jesus, and you got them. Hallelujah. And it's so important for us to understand. One more verse of Scripture, actually two. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. So, we heard what Jesus had to say. That's one. We heard what James had to say. That's two. And again, it's, it's incumbent upon us to be the ones that do the exercising of this authority. So, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, hallelujah, just jump in and learn. Are you with me? Notice here in 1 Peter chapter 5, in verse uh, 8, verse 5, or chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion it didn't say that he was one. he just roars like a lion. you ever been around a lion before you ever been to a <coughs> excuse me like <coughs> a a zoo man i mean they took, they' got this guttural roar, and i mean it it is <laughs> well <laughs> it's it's almost paralyzing, you know can be especially if there's no fence between you and them huh. <laughs> So it said, be sober vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. Didn't say he could, but he's looking. You know, remember, remember when the devil came to God and he said, what have you been doing? He said, been roaming around the earth. He said, hey, have you checked out my servant Job? Yeah, well, you've got to hedge around him and, you know, all of that kind of business and things. You know, so he goes about seeking whom he may devour. Now, notice verse 9, whom what? What's the next word? Huh? What are we supposed to do? What are we doing? We're going to resist. Whom Resist steadfast, the King James says, in the faith. Or a better way to say it is, is to whom resist steadfast in your faith. What's that mean? That means when the devil comes, you say, no, in Jesus' name. This is not according to redemption. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus was made a curse for me so that the blessing of God could come upon my life. Are you listening to me? So he said, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions, and that's just test or trial, you know, is, is accomplishing your brethren in the world. So, in other words, it isn't like something comes to you and you say, well, God, nobody's got it like I do. Probably. Chances are somebody's got it worse than you do. You know, when we do the nobody's got it worse than me, it's always the victim kind of thing. It, it shows or represents weakness. And, you know, and, and what God's saying is he's saying, if you don't do something about that, then I can't. You do something. I'll back you up when you use my name. Hallelujah. But you got to use it. Are you with me? Oh, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, notice what it says here. It says, seeking whom he may, what's that word? Okay, another question I have for you. How is it that he devours people? You ever thought about that? I mean, he doesn't literally devour them, but how does he do it? He does it through their thought life, doesn't he? People that are not equipped with the truth, they're out there, man. They're just, you know, a piece of meat. But when you know the truth, then all of a sudden the devouring stops. Does that make sense to you? So it makes it important for us, praise God, to know what the Word of God has to say. Hallelujah. Praise God. Use your faith because God's Word's true. Okay, finally, let's go to Ephesians uh, chapter 4, let's go back there again. So we heard what Jesus said. We heard what James said. We heard what Peter said. And now we're going to listen to what Paul has to say. Notice what it says here in Ephesians. Chapter 4, verse 27, one simple verse. Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Give the devil no place. Huh? Isn't that right? You know, it says, don't be angry. Uh, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. And we do that so often in our lives sometimes. You know, when we allow anger to take control of our lives, we're giving in place. When we allow strife, you know, to take control of our lives, we're giving in place. And he's just saying, don't do that. Because you play into his hand. You know, uh, I, I just real quickly, we got, well, it's 8 o'clock. We're doing pretty good for a guy like me. Look with me uh, to Second uh, Timothy real, real quickly, and I'll share this, this with you. Some people, you know, they think, well, this is just a bunch of nonsense and don't amount to anything. I'm telling you, this is life, you guys. You want to know how come people have problems the way they do? Well, number one, they don't believe the Bible. So they don't take heed to what it is that the Bible says, and so they just do their own thing and whatever, and they get into trouble. But but here again, when when uh, when uh, Paul was writing here in Ephesians, he says, "Neither give place to the devil." You got to ask yourself, how do I do that? Because evidently some people are, huh? Right? How do I do it? Well, a lot of times, again, we allow anger to take control, or we get you know we allow strife. You know, the Bible says we're not ignorant of His. Devices, his schemes, the wiles of the devil. So here in 2 Timothy, um, look at verse 23 in chapter 2. 2 Timothy 2 and 23. But foolish and unlearned questions, what are we to do? What's that word? Say it again. Foolish and unlearned questions avoid. You know, there are people walking around, dude, they know you're a Christian, you're a believer, and you love Jesus, and you're walking in the light of the Word of God, and, and all of a sudden, dude, they want to set you up for an argument, for a quarrel, for a fight. Foolish and unlearned questions. So they'll they'll come up to you and they'll, they'll make some kind of a statement. The best thing that you can do is what? Avoid it. Say, well, I don't I don't think I'm going there. Hallelujah. But notice it says here, And 23, foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender, what's the word? Strifes. But a servant of the Lord must not strive. So here's one thing you can do, friends, in your life, you can make a quality decision, and you can just say, strife will no longer ever be a part of my life. In other words, I will not be the one who is initiating that kind of business again. Okay? You say, can you do that? Why not? Huh? It's a quality of life that you've chosen that that's, that's, that's the way you're going to live. So that's not to say that you won't get attacked. It doesn't mean that somebody you know, may not come against you or whatever the case might be. But as for you, we're done. There won't be any more of that. I use the illustration all the time when my wife and I were, while we were dating. But we'd get into these groups and we would watch other couples and how they treated each other and this and that and the other. And, and one of the things that we uh, uh, recognized is, is that they would become very sarcastic with each other. Maybe it would just start out kind of, you know, in fun. But, you know, sarcasm can, can, it, can, it can grow into a real ugly kind of mess, you know. And, be, and then pretty soon it becomes something that people use to hurt one another. Well, we recognize that, and we just said that will never be a part of our relationship. We, sarcasm between us does not exist because we won't allow it. Are you listening to me? Thanks for your enthusiasm. You can't imagine what it is I'm looking at right now. But anyway, you know... It, you decide how you're going to live. You decide the quality of life that you want. You decide it. You don't, you don't let the world, you don't let other people, you don't let the devil. You're the one that decides how life is going to be. So so here he says, you know, to avoid foolish and unlearned questions, they cause strife. And a servant of the Lord must not strive, but actually be gentle to all men apt or able to teach, patient. Now listen, listen to this. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God preadventure will give them repentance to the knowledge, uh, acknowledging of the truth. Now look, think about that with me. In meekness, instructing, listen. In other words, somebody comes at you and you say, look, I, you know, I'm not, I don't, I'm not here to fight. I don't want to fight. You know, that, that's a meek approach to the situation. In meekness, instructing them. So, in other words, you take it a little step further and you say, so, so what's going on in your life, man? I mean, you know, why is it that, you, why are you angry? Why are you whatever, you know, descriptive word that you want to use in this thing. In meekness, instructing those that, the Bible says, oppose themselves. They're just knotted up. If God preadventure will give them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth. In other words, you try to coach them out of their mess, and, and hopefully they'll be able to say, you know what, you're right. I just, you know, i just been mad about this, or I got this thing going on in my life, and I just decided I was going to take it out on you, and I was just wrong. If, if they can get to that place and acknowledge the truth. Now, notice the next verse. Now, notice what it says. To the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of who? Huh? Who are taken captive by who? Him. How? At his will. So I tell you what, my brother, my sister, we're done with the strife. And as soon as somebody comes up and they want to argue or they want to fight or they want to, you know, talk ugly about this and that and the other, you say, I'm out. I'm just out. If you got something good to say, if you want to talk about something positive, I'll talk with you. But if you don't, it's over. In other words, don't give the devil any place. Well, how come you doing this? How come you're doing that? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why are you this? this? You know, that whole, yeah. It's so full of the devil, and it's, it has no purpose but to kill, steal, and destroy. And so you just say, no, we ain't doing this. I love you, but this is done. We're done with this. Are you with me? I said, are you with me? I just talked to someone after the service on Sunday, and they were talking about a family situation, you know, that they were having to deal with. And, and um, this person is beyond reason. You know, I mean, they're just uh, uh, bent on, on causing problems in the relationship. And I said, you know, now you can do what you want about this, but, but they have been, they have tried and tried and tried and tried, you know, to, to make things amiable. And I just told them, I said, you know, it might be time for you to just say, look, if this is the way you want to act, we're done. I don't think that's unkind. You know, if somebody is going to be vicious and, you know, always, you know, gnarling on you about something like that. I mean, and here's the thing. The Bible says, as much as rests within you, live peaceably with all men. That means as, as far as you can, live peaceably. But if you can't, then don't have anything to do with them. We don't read in the Scriptures, but there's places where the Apostle Paul and other writers says, don't even have company with them. Don't even, deal, you know, don't even have anything to do with them. Are you listening to me? You say, well, that's pretty unloving, isn't it? Well, um, I think you have to again maybe go back and let's define what love is. Are you with me? I mean, it's not out of ill will, but on the other hand, praise God, sometimes you just have to protect yourself. Does that make sense to you? I don't think that's inappropriate at all. So anyway, let's, uh, let's give the devil no place, shall we? Hallelujah. So um, <clears throat> one more scripture. You say, you keep saying that. Well, you know, it's all good. And look at this scripture, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Y'all glad you came tonight? I hope that this is helpful to you. That way, you know, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Thank you, Lord. Look at uh, Colossians 1 and verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father. Who has qualified us or made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and light? Aren't you glad tonight you're a child of God? I tell you, it's so powerful, so wonderful. Notice this next verse Who has delivered us from the authority of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? He's done what? He's delivered us. Praise God, I've been delivered. Everybody said, I've been delivered. See, you've been delivered from the authority of darkness, and you've been moved. Hallelujah. Relocated into the kingdom of His dear Son, and you belong to Him. So let's live like it. Amen? Praise God. Now, you will have to protect yourself. You'll have to, you know, make sure that you're on guard and things like that, so on and so forth. You know, but the Amplified Bible says it this way. The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? There's some other things we could talk about, but I better quit. Hallelujah. It's already 10 after. So let's make a decision that we're going to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. Hallelujah. And if we got, you know, I tell you, you guys, there's so much that we could talk about in this, you know, People, a lot of times, the devil will beat them up about their own self-esteem, you know, and uh, uh, just say, well, you're just not this, and you're that, and you failed this, and, you've, and he'll keep bringing up your past. Well, what you need to do is you need to take authority over the devil. He's using it. That's all he's doing He's using your past, and he's bringing it up to you. And you need to talk to him about the blood of Jesus and the forgiveness that is in him. Are you listening to me? Put him on the run. Hallelujah. But, but the whole thing about self-esteem, I tell you what, uh, you, you just got to learn who you are in Christ. See, the Bible says that it's by grace, through faith, that we're saved. That it is a gift of God, not of works or performance, so that somebody can boast. Are you with me? But here's the a, here's a cool thing about it. It says, for we are his workmanship. And I tell you what, God doesn't make any junk. Are you listening to me? We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, whereby God has already ordained that you and I should walk in those works. So the next time the devil starts telling you about who you aren't, You start telling him who you are. Huh? You know, well, you don't measure up. You'll never this. You'll never that. You know, a lot of times women, you know, they'll they'll buy into the lie that, you know, nobody's ever going to love them or whatever. Dude, that's a lie from hell. I'm telling you what, God, I mean, if he got to bring him out of the woods of, you know, the jungle, he can do it. And he'll find you somebody. So don't you dare for one moment believe the lie of the devil. Are you listening to me? And if you don't, what it'll do is it'll put a spring in your step. It'll put a smile on your face. It'll cause you to start walking, praise God, with your, with, you know, standing up and, and enjoying life. And all of a sudden, somebody will come along and go, hey, check that out. And they'll get more interested. Am I in the right house? Amen. But if you're down in the mouth and you're just beat up and the devil's just whooping the fire out of you, well, then chances are, you know, uh, you don't get noticed. Are you listening to me? But I tell you what, you got what you need, praise God. There's stuff on the inside of you, glory to God, the greater one is on the inside of you. So don't apologize and don't feel bad, glory to God. Get glad, hallelujah and rejoice in the goodness of God, because praise God, He's on your side, and He's for you, and you need to stand up, because otherwise I'll keep preaching. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Lift one hand toward heaven with me. Father, tonight we are so grateful for your blessing in our lives. Glory to God, because the greater one lives on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, Father God, we just thank you for the rights, the privileges, that which you have purchased with your son's own blood so that we can have an abundant life. And God, I pray for every person here tonight. Let this message be something, Father, that that brings them up, lifts them up. And, Father, helps them to recognize that glory to God, I am his child. I have been delivered. I have his power. And thank God I am the one with the greater one inside me. And I just thank you, Father God, for helping men and women here tonight. Lord, if they've somehow allowed themselves to get drawn into a mess, Lord, right now, we just repent right now in Jesus' name. We ask you to forgive us, Father God, for stepping into the trap. But God, right now, we want to we wanna take our foot out. And we want to begin walking in the light of your word. So God, I just thank you for giving us strength to do just that. Hallelujah. From this day forward. No more strife, Father. We're not allowing any kind of strife-filled circumstance to exist, to abide, to live in, or to raise its head up in our lives anymore. There'll be no more strife. And God, I just thank you, Father, for your blessing in the lives of every person here. Those that are watching online, that they too, Father, they take a hold of this. They drive a stake in the ground, and they say from this day forward, there will be no more strife. And Father, I just thank you for your blessing in their lives. Hallelujah. Let the cheer of God and the happiness, the joy and the peace of God, Father, rule and reign within their hearts. And Father, we just thank you for that tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Why don't you go ahead and be seated?